Welcome to another episode of Adding Context, a podcast of compelling conversations centered on advancing and enhancing the human experience. I am your host, Michael Bollins. Welcome back to another episode of Adding Context. Today I'm speaking to Andrew Froning. Andrew, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, everybody. Thank Mike. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Andrew Froning. I'm a filmmaker, uh, director, screenwriter, you know, you know, indie filmmaking. You do everything mostly yourself with a little help from my friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, recently, I've taken up painting, photography, a whole bunch of stuff, woodworking, you know, before it was uh, snowy. <laughs> that was a that was a fun and expensive endeavor, but I uh, got a lot out of it. So I, I think I just like trying different things and eventually seeing how they can come together to help my film projects. That's the ultimate goal. So the primary thing is creating things to enhance your filmmaking. Yes, indeed. So give us a little background on you. Where are you from? What did you do? You go to like Votech for visual arts or anything like that? So um, I'm from central New Jersey, and I went to a community college right down the street from me. It was like 12 minutes away. Glasses were cheap. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do after high school. That was a very stressful time, as I'm sure it is with everybody. But I really had no idea what I wanted to do. <laughs> no idea about film or anything, because I had taken some high school classes in film and it was the coolest. It was the coolest class. It didn't feel like something that I should get paid for doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was just like, this is really cool. I can't make a living off this. So as an elective, I ended up taking a film class in college. Cause they're like, Oh, you need an elective. Oh, does it have to be anything? No, just whatever you want. So it's like, okay, well I'll take the, the broadcast broadcasting and, um, film and I had a great professor he really kind of stoked that fire in me to that I could do this and this is something that you can be successful at and make money off of and um, before I even got out of college I actually had a job freelancing and as soon as I got my degree I got bumped up to full time and <laughs> I've been there ever since it's a, it's a really cool place uh, it's an environmental sciences company but we do all sorts of stuff. Uh, my first trip uh, went down to Key West nice. on the Treasure Coast, and uh, was I didn't do any scuba <laughs> diving. No, I was I'm much too uh, too worried about my own well being for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's a good. It's a good. Uh, good pastime. It's it can be expensive, but it's it's definitely fun. I mean, when I went, my wife and I went on our honeymoon to Aruba. I went. And the colors, the clarity of the water, feeling the thermocline, which is where if you find it, your legs will be and your feet will be cold, but your head will be warm water. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just an amazing experience to be under there. That's great. Yeah, I did snorkeling down there in Key West, Florida. And just, yeah, completely different waters <laughs> than up here in New Jersey. Mucky, it's dirty, just, it's dark just stuff. <laughs> nasty and industrial and yucky. <laughs> Uh, we spend a lot of time over there too, because uh, you know we're an environmental sciences company. We're located in New Jersey for a reason, um, because there's a there's a need to do maintenance and cleanup and dredging is always a big one around the port. So 
we do a lot of that stuff. Um, but yeah, we also travel. I've been to Laos. I've been to the other side of the world and get to make videos about it. So it's, it's just, I'm glad I got there. Nice part. You know, sometimes you feel stuck in a place, but I, I'm coming to terms with the fact that I'm stuck in a pretty good place. <laughs> so we met at a martial arts studio where kids were going and it kind of started with, I kind of make films and you do background work. So maybe we should do something. I have an idea. Do you want to kind of delve into what that, that process was? Yeah, that was cool. We actually first bonded over uh, Batman Beyond. <laughs> if you're waiting for that, that movie to come out live action. Well, I heard, oh, I read today. Who the hell knows if it's real? You know, you don't know. Can't believe any any media these days. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, supposedly there's going to be a movie on HBO Max with Michael Keaton and uh, Timothy Chalamet. I, I heard uh, that that he would, if they make it, he's they've already got him tapped to be the the old Batman, which it would just be yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, Timothy Chalamet, who's in Dune, and he's he's been in a bunch of other movies, but he's got a lot of talent, and he's got the right look. That would be awesome. I don't know if it's going to happen. I'll have to look him up. I'm not familiar with who who he is. That would, oh, he's he's taken off. Um, but yeah, that would be. That'd be something I'd watch. <laughs> but, yeah, so we started talking about that. And, you know, you bond over shared interests with somebody. When you first meet them, um, you either talk about the weather and then you forget that person or you talk about <laughs> something that, you know, you like and you're passionate about and you bond, right? You don't bond over, oh, this weather's shitty. So whenever I meet somebody, I try not to talk about the weather. <laughs> Unless you don't want to continue the conversation with them. Yeah, yeah. I hope something, you know, I hope we can reach something deeper. Um, <laughs> because, uh, you know, so much of life is is artifice. And, you know, as with filmmaking, you know, if you go into work and you really don't want to go in, but you, you throw a smile on your face, that's an artifice. You know, everybody, everybody is, is full of that. And it's just something that we do um, to get by. And I think a lot of filmmaking, too... Um, is just of the idea of we need to churn out this content. So what's the first thing we think of? And for me, I don't want to do the first thing I think of. I want to do the third, the fourth, the 15th idea because the first thing that comes to mind is probably something somewhere in my subconscious that I've seen before. Right. So I always like to try to think on it a little more. I'm a, I'm a, I learned a word today. <laughs> always good to, it's think, always a good day when you learn something new. That's right. And I think describes me pretty well. Uh, conscientious. You you like to plan. You like to think things out. And, um, you know, I always kind of thought it was kind of a hindrance because I'd always want to make sure everything was just right before I do something. You know, going to a job interview is super... <laughs> <laughs> super crazy when you're conscientious because you, you try to think of everything and then when you get there, you know, they yeah, spin you in a fully different direction. I think you can be overly conscientious where you're you're overthinking well, everything. The, 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 <laughs> I think there's, you got to find the balance in that. Definitely, definitely. That, you know, I was reading that, you know, people don't just have qualities. Like, they're they're on a scale from one thing to the other. Like, you're not introverted or extroverted, period. You're somewhere on a scale, and they say the farther out on a scale, and this could be 
for anything, whether you're conscientious or unconscientious, whether you're uh, assertive or uh, a doormat, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, you are somewhere on that slide and they say people are more interesting when they're like one of these qualities, but like, you know, way farther to one side than the other. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I think if you would try to plot me on a course for anything, it would be that old school art toy where it had the cogs where you stick the pen in and run it around the little different patterns. Oh, got, yeah. Patterns all over the place. Right. That's where I would be. Just because I'm and all like over the place. <laughs> <laughs> and almost like a spire graph, too. That's what I was thinking of. That's it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with that. And, you know, just different art projects I did when I was a kid. I feel like I did have done way more art projects than uh, than my sons. Um, I've got two sons. One is, oh my God, almost 13 next month. And <laughs> <laughs> the other is seven. And, you know, they do a lot on the computer and they, they, they really do build a lot with code and, and stuff like that. And I'm kind of amazed. But, you know, we had the more... Um, the more tactile things, right? The more things that we, we touched and, and we, uh, I was in boy Scouts. I kind of, I didn't get to boy Scouts. I, I dropped out pretty early, <laughs> but, um, you know, we did the Pinewood Derby where you build a car and then you have to see how to make it work. And, you know, Oh yeah, I know how to make it work. And then you find out that wasn't how it worked. <laughs> Coming home from school with the art project. Hey, look what I made. Let's stick it up on the refrigerator. Dioramas. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I've and ever paste. seen my kids make a diorama. Construction paper and paste. Yeah, yeah. Many trips to the craft store. <laughs> so what was your, your first foray into which art medium? Um, I, I mean, I, I know you do a number of things. You're a musician, you're you know, a photographer, you're a videographer, you do paint, you write, obviously the producing, directing, and, and things to go with that. But what was your first foray into art so to speak oh okay so i guess you know i'm thinking about it now i guess it was video because um we did a lot of skateboarding when i was a teenager uh, me and the local kids and you know one of them had a camera so i'm like get that camera we'll make a skate video <laughs> that was the thing to do um it recorded to a really weird format and we can never quite digitize it it's probably <laughs> for the best <laughs> But I still, to this day, I would love to see that video that we put it together and put it to some kind of goofy music because it wasn't anything that was, like, amazing. It was just, like, kids jumping over something and over a curb and jumping off of a dumpster and jumping off of a roof. It was, like, you know, half jackass. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we filmed that. It was fun. Yeah, I have some experience. That was probably my first foray into video making was you know a lot of stop motion with friends Mm. Uh, i recall my friend's mother had these little ceramic or porcelain elephants that we literally made stop motion walk across you know as with the stupid hilarity that 13 year old boys would do so right i'll let your imagination go from there but yeah (laughs) so yeah man like i i never had a camera growing up and i really i kind of wish i did but at the same time my life might be just totally different. So I don't want to, you know, go back in time and hand myself a camera. Um, <laughs> it was always something that I wanted to do. Um, my dad told me a story that kind of stuck with me. I don't remember saying this, but I was a little kid and I pointed at the TV and I said, how do I do that? 
And he's just like, what, what do you want to do? You want to change the channel? I said, no, that, how do I do that? And he never knew what it meant. Like until I started taking video courses and he's just like, I know what you're saying. You're saying you wanted to make you know, content for the TV. Like right. that's, uh, it's kind of mind blowing, you know, just the thought that he remembered that and, and how it all kind of came together. is kind of, kind of wild. Kind of prophetic. Um, We'll see. <laughs> but, um, yeah, then I got into music uh, pretty hard once the uh, the skateboarding thing ended. And it was all, like, 80s, heavy metal, uh, Metallica, Megadeth, you know, ACDC, Motorhead, you know, some of the classics, too. Um, and then some of the more modern stuff. I was in a few bands and uh, recorded a few songs which I hate being in the studio. Like I just, I, I'll play a live show. I don't freaking care. But like when you got to be in the studio and you had to do everything so perfect when you're like to some degree a perfectionist, it's just not fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, uh, the final product is usually worth it, but it's just that I don't like being in the studio. So I knew that was something that I didn't quite want to do. And, um, that decision was sort of made around the time when uh, my first son was being born because I had the opportunity for my band to open for the Black Dahlia Murder at, I don't know if it was Warp Tour or I don't know what the hell it was, but it was it was some place in our area and we would open for the Black Dahlia Murder, who was like this amazing, like cutting edge uh group at the time and we, we had a similar sound but we were a little a little thrasher maybe and um it was around the date when my wife was about to give birth so i just said no i can't that's that's off the table and then so the band broke up and that was that <laughs> <laughs> you know but uh still would have been a cool thing to do but you know i wouldn't want to miss my kid being born that, right <laughs> that's not a good start <laughs> so from video to music to photography or uh, the no, kind of... no so I, I guess back to video because that, um that was kind of high school early college so around that time i was taking the video courses and my major was graphic design and i just it was cool because like i love movie posters and, and stuff like that I, I always wanted to do that stuff but I just hated my graphic design courses. It was like night and day. It was like everyone in a room, no one's talking to each other, no one's looking at each other versus my video elective where everyone's engaging, everybody is feeding off each other. And, hey, let's make this. Yeah, how do we do that? Well, let's figure it out. And it was just night and day for me. So eventually this elective, I, I dropped out of graphic design. And I went into uh, video production, digital media, full time. Um, and from there, we got out of broadcasting. We went more into uh, documentary and um, you know narrative filmmaking, which which I loved. I, I kind of like storytelling, even though sometimes I couldn't quite figure out how to do it. But it, <laughs> it, it was a learning experience to 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 try to just make little shorts here and there and try things out and do animations and really just, you know, have a beginning, middle and end and have it make sense. Right. And, uh, I, in our, my second year this is still community college. Um, 
the whole uh, class that semester was to make a short film around 20 minutes. So the summer before I had taken a screenwriting course, that was my only course in the summer because I really wanted to, to learn how to do longer format stuff. And I wrote this script. Um, it wasn't great, but <laughs> I kept, I kept refining it. I kept noticing like, this is a cliche. This doesn't make sense. Why would my character stand on a roof wearing a cape? Like, it doesn't make sense. This doesn't happen in real life. Like, it was just like, it was a cool image, right? It was what popped into my head, but it didn't, it didn't make any sense for the story I was trying to tell. Like, just some regular guy out for revenge, you know? I, I love Jason Statham movies, Transporter, and, and everything at the time, all the action stuff, but, uh, you know, There's we weren't throwing anybody downstairs. What's that? There's a simplicity to them. I mean, the, at least the, yeah. the story arc is, is pretty kind of cut and dry you, you know who the protagonist is you know who the antagonist is and you know that at some point there's going to be a lot of action from start to fit from beginning to end right those were the kind of movies i was watching at the time so you know of course you want to do what you love so yeah it was kind of like a police thriller and i think the general consensus was there was too much talking at the beginning but once the action got rolling it was just like nonstop um just chases people getting abducted and dropped off here and twists and then he finds the guy and then the guy isn't the guy like yeah so we had a lot of fun you know this was just just back you know getting everybody together tossing around ideas and executing that script to the best of our ability and uh, we won best best I, I i guess it was picture um and i won a yeah, and I won an award for best editing. Um, we had an award show, and that was kind of like the last day, and that was super cool because um, you know my parents got to see it and everything. And then right then, I think my parents are like, "All right, well, we got to support him in this now." <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I ended up getting the job, and I was kind of making stuff um, just on my own. And then I I just kind of fell out of it. You know, it was like you're a young father and your kids are young and they need a lot of attention. Uh, my kids have nut allergies. So it just became a big thing. I didn't really do anything for a while. And it was super, I was just really going through the motions of life, you know, like yeah. I, until I found that outlet. So I think, I think around the time I met you, that's when my kids were doing their martial arts, right? which is great for them. Cause they don't like regular sports. It's just, it's, it was a good outlet. And, around the time they were doing that, I saw how much they were enjoying that. I'm like, you know what? I gotta do something again. And I met you. And then the, I guess the first thing we did, we worked on together was a, uh, another genre piece, the, uh, black and white film aptly titled noir <laughs> <laughs> with you as our grizzled, de cynical detective and the femme fatale, uh, my good friend, Rachel Barton, um, that was fun. It was. That was a fun time. My that was, yeah. my experience has always been in the background. You know, if I'm on camera, it's literally a split second, blink, you'll miss me kind of thing. Um, right. And, and Everyone kinda... else is enjoying the movie, and you're just pointing, hey, guys, wake up, there's me. 
You missed it. Raw World One. No, I'm always. Uh, <laughs> I, I keep my mouth shut. Usually, my wife goes. I saw just saw the back of your head. Is that that mm. was you? I'm like, how can you tell from the back of my head? But uh, she knows the back of your head. <laughs> but I always, I, you know, my interest and in one of the things that we kind of got to talking about was my interest was more behind the camera because I'm not a big fan of being in front of the camera. Um, and you put a lot of faith into me um, for that particular part. And it was fun. Um, it's something that I've always kind of wanted to do was, was try and be an actor, but there's a hang up in my head that I, I just don't have the self-confidence to, to pull off things that I probably should be able to, or at least people have the faith in me to do. And it gets frustrating. We are our own worst critics and, you know, when you hear that voice in your head that says, oh, I don't know if I can, you got to kick that voice's ass and just do it because you're in inside, you're wrestling with something. And I think in that moment, you just need to ask yourself, what if I gave up? Well, then I wouldn't be thinking about it, right? I mean, you, you'll probably be thinking about it, but you'd be like, oh, well, I should have done that. You know, you're going to keep thinking about it. If you're going to keep thinking about it, I think it's something inside saying i get yeah, i want to do this i'm a little scared but you know you got to be like you know that's okay and you, know, you were the only professional actor i knew at the time you're like i did background <laughs> work in new york city for these shows and i'm like wow <laughs> yeah I, I, that might be putting a little too much credit in my hat there but uh <laughs> at the time um you know it was like you know i just knew my friends who who were game for whatever and I didn't know anything about acting. I just knew about like, all right, well, the camera should be here, and then I should cut to this. I was always very much on the the technical side. Yeah, which is the side that I wanted to get onto. <laughs> yeah, but we well, shot that it, in what, like a night, and uh, yeah, it might end. have been two nights. Maybe it was two nights, but it was it was short. One was very was... long. One of them was very long, and I felt I felt kind of bad when I looked at. I think that was the, the uh, clock, and we, left, we did like, in the office and all that. Yeah, yeah, we the left bulk. like when the sun came up. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh my god, I did, I really pushed it." But you know, from that you learn. I don't want to let time get away from me, so you do a little better next time. And I think that's anybody asks me like, you know, you're really good. You know, how do you how do you do it? I just say you just got to do it. Yeah, because you're not going to learn anything wishing that you could be doing something you got to make it happen and then you will learn from that experience right no matter what the first song i wrote was stupid right but you <laughs> you write you write you write you play you get feedback you write and the next next thing you know you got like a, a decent song with a the verse chorus and maybe a bridge maybe an ending yeah you only learn by doing and and you learn from your mistakes. Sometimes they're not really mistakes. It's just you learn a different way to do it that's maybe more efficient with your time. Yeah. What was uh, the next big project you had? Um, so the next big project was actually kind of a spinoff of something that I had. Uh, that that project, I'm in TV class. Um, that was a, uh, a short called True Justice. And then I wanted to make a prequel, mainly because I wanted to use an actor again that I had killed off. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, the actor was great. We became good friends and you know, our, our families, too. So it was it was just like, yeah, we got to do more of this. So I decided to make a prequel about why he became a hitman. And 
started it and then just kind of life happened and everything fell apart. And for the longest time, I just sat with a big hard drive with a ton of footage and mo- the scenes that I had were ready to go. Like I would shoot and then I would come home, offload the footage and I would edit and I would have the scene ready. Right. Um, but I was missing scenes. Um, I, this was around the time my dad passed away. So everything just kind of fell apart. And essentially I came back to it eight years later and I looked at what I had and what I had was basically one storyline and there were supposed to be, there was the hitman storyline, which I had, and then there's supposed to be a cop storyline, which was going to intertwine, but they didn't really meet till the end. Well, we had never shot that. So, and people moved, I I had a bunch of people move to Ohio. I don't know what's so appealing about Ohio. Rubber. I guess they got rubber there. (laughs) I don't know. That's what I'm told. But, um, so yeah, just, just continuing with some of the actors that had crossed over was not an option. So I eventually just wrote, okay, well, here's something 10 years later. (laughs) Fast forward. It it was like the, uh, the hitman as he's older, just kind of like reminiscing on when he, when he had joined and like everything was, I very much took a different turn. Like it was one of my actors described it really well as, you know, a mix of a young man's movie and a more mature person's movie. So it was, it was really almost like an interview with the vampire, but it was interview with the hitman. And then you got those flashbacks with the action scenes, but you, on, on the, uh, the present day, it was more of like a serious talk about the ramifications of just the wants and violence and everything. Right. So it was really just taking like the movies, all the Jason Statham movies and stuff I'd watched <laughs> before. And then just saying like, you know, that stuff is bullshit and not helpful. And there, there are bigger themes. Right. And I think that's really what I took from it. Um, also, I got really good advice from one of the actors I was working with, uh, Steven Gerrard who I need to work with again because he's just, he is great. Um, he, he was telling me and, and he really kind of got the script writer in me thinking like, you know, every line needs to follow. Like if he says something, obviously I need to answer it, but then we can't just jump to something else. Like it needs, it needs to lead someplace in a, in a way that makes sense. And before it was always just like, oh, yeah, well, they need to say this because this and they need to say this because this. So I needed to fit all they they need to say in a scene. But that's that's artifice again. So I need to build a better artifice of saying, "Okay, well, what would prompt him to say this? And then, okay, well, what, what if the guy he's talking to has to has to do this and he misinterprets like everything had it to lead. And that's something that I really kind of took to heart as far as screenwriting, because you want people, you want everything to make logical sense. I, obviously it's gotta be entertaining, right? but it has to make sense because I see some stuff right now. You can tell it's probably just a producer like, jabbing somebody you know call that actor back in and he needs to record this line and it's just it's saying what's happening on screen and right it's like, well, that's so fake like <laughs> it's just 
it's just weird. It's like, oh, yes, that thing that we needed that we've been hunting for this whole time. Like, you don't need shit like that. I think with my interaction with you, with a little bit of writing that I've done with you, uh, the, the projects that we've done, my appreciation for the scripts and for the quality of the content has dramatically changed from what it was five, ten years ago. I, I, I see what you mean, and I think it takes a... It truly takes an artist to write a script, like you said, that has all the points that need to be conveyed, but then to sew them together so you, you get that those points that it has that flow. Yeah, and it's all about flow. And I, I think coming from a music background, that really helps me. Um, it was funny how we were talking about um, the footage that I had that I had shot. I had tossed it over to the audio guy, that I'd worked with for Noir, uh, Michael Angesser, who I'm still working with to this day because he is terrific. Hire him if you need audio for your film or um, music mixes or whatever. He's great. He was like, you know, it, it's really cool because I'm looking at what you have edited and this scene, it's just all gunshots. But all the gunshots are a specific beat per minute. Like it, everything lines up. Everything is like, like that, 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 that. Like it might be, you know, here's a burst of rounds, but they were all in a rhythm. So he said it was really easy to write music for that scene, and he had never ever seen that before. <laughs> so part of the pacing, I, I think, is is from music, and that's why I get irritated sometimes if like something takes too long to happen. Like I don't want to watch somebody like take a beat too long to get from here to here. It's like, no, you got to do that quicker. Or we got to move and we got to figure it out. Um, I'm very invested in, in the beat structure and to, to say that, okay, well, this is a rhythm. This moment might be too slow uh, because what you're doing, it's like, it's almost like you're writing music. You know, you're, you're writing music for the eyes this person goes over here and now this person's over here. And now you want to cut. It all has to flow. I mean, I use the term orchestration for a lot of things, whether we talk about music or, or otherwise. And, you know, as a director, it's your job to orchestrate the movement in front of the camera that the pages are telling. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. I always like, I never liked the, the whole, like the director's vision kind of thing, but like <laughs> lately it's been, coming back um just watching different directors and just seeing the mark like steven spielberg has a very different mark to his work than paul schrader can you describe what you mean by they have a, a mark um just spielberg tells stories in a certain way and martin scorsese tells stories in a certain way and uh, John Favreau tells movies in a certain way. Yeah, everybody, you know, it's it's very much it's how the director sees everything playing out. It's not just like here's a director, here's a script, go shoot it. it there's a lot more thought process into how we're going to be portraying this right. from whose perspective is it an objective perspective where you're just watching and you're not really like clued in is a subjective perspective where you're really with this one character and to me that's where some of the fun is if like 
you know a secret that they have and they don't want to get out those that to me is like the most interesting thing to watch building tension and suspense um i, I agree with that there, there are some movies that i can think of and god knows i can't think of the names but i i know what you're talking about and i think you have done a, a good job with the things that we've done um in, in character development and pushing you know, the narrative that is cohesive. How do you go about um, creating that? I mean, what is your process for that? Oh, man. Um, rewrites. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you got, you know, once you do a first draft, you're, you're, you're done something, but you're, you're not done. Right. Um, you know, you really want to look back and, and make sure everything's cohesive. They usually say the first draft is, more of a vomit draft, like just get everything on the page. Don't worry about if it's good or not, because it's a lot easier to fix something that's broken than it is to totally come up with something new. And it's a lot. They're they're both. It's you're both talents. You're super talented if you can finish a script. First of all, <laughs> you know it, it doesn't end there, but that's you're driven. You did it. Um then going back through it and really honing everything to make sure that, you know, if this character has an arc, where do they start and how do you portray that? And how do you portray it with the things that are unsaid? Because to me, that's always so much more interesting than what the characters are saying is right. how they're acting and like the unsaid, like if you and I were having a conversation and I mean, you know, we know each other, so we're not going to like hold shit back. But if there was, if there was a secret I was trying to keep, you know, I knew what you got for, I knew what your wife got you for your birthday, but I couldn't tell you. And you were kind of probing me for it. I would be like, well, um, yeah. like how would I dodge that? How would right. I avoid that? How would I try to swerve the conversation? You know, like the, the fun stuff is, is when there's something to be discovered, Right. Because I think we all want to, if we're watching a cop show, we all want to be the detective. Nobody wants to be the beat cop who has to knock on doors. Right. You know, like everybody wants to be the detective. And when you're watching a film, you totally start picking it apart if you don't have something to play detective with. I think that's what I've noticed makes a good actor, again, with my refined eye, so to speak. You can see when actors are, are just kind of regurgitating the lines and you can see when actors are embracing the character, you know, they, it's how they move. It's the body language while they're delivering the lines. It's, it's everything about what's going on and what you're seeing. Yeah. So I think it would, for you as a, as a director and as a writer, you want somebody that's going to kind of really take into that character and, and display it out there. And I've, I've just got, I feel like I've been working with um, better and better uh, collaborators in that respect. The, the farther I go, you know, the more I go, I, I want to grow the people around me. But at the same time, in order to do that, you need to look to other people who have been doing it in a different film tribe or a different um, is, is at a higher level then you think you should be working with sometimes, you know, you got to bring that person over and if they believe in you, you know, they're with you. Right. And a conversation, you know, you just, they're, they are there to support 
and to add to your project. So you work with them. Um, the, our next project was the connection, which was a web series that's 40 something minutes long. Um, in, in total, uh, a bunch of five, six, five minute episodes. And the last one was like 13 longer. minutes. It yeah. was a longer one. Um, so fun. And, you know, we worked with some really, really great actors and it, the thing that really kind of caught my attention there was we had one actress um, who could only show up for a weekend. So we had to do all her scenes in a weekend. Now, she had a lot of scenes in a lot of different locations, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just like, but it was a web series. So the way I'd constructed the scenes, there was a lot of intercutting. There was a lot of really like short scenes, you know, if you were if you were to make a f five minutes in a feature film, that might be two scenes. Right. Right. But we had, you know, intercutting. We had movement uh, from here to here. Uh, we had some action scenes. We had some horror scenes. We, we had some dramatic scenes. We had some heartbreaking scenes. We had like everything, sometimes even within one episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was all over the place. And, and I loved it. But I got so much energy just after that first weekend when we wrapped uh, this is uh kelsey hoffman by the way she's phenomenal i i the amount of work we got and the quality of work that she put out was great um i just it, it was phenomenal yeah um and you know working with uh damien gata too he won best actor at the new jersey uh, web series festival which is super super cool um for his lead character uh max that was one where i really had to direct him because the, the first time i had seen damien he was in a short film where he played a drug dealer and he scared the shit out of me <laughs> and then i met him and he's like smiling and i'm like you know i'm like what when's he gonna snap <laughs> he's he has he's that look really He's a really good actor, and he's uh, he's such a warm person to be around, and I I really felt like he he played a good bad guy. So you know he was really the hero, but I wanted him to be a little bit more of an antihero that has yeah. to grow. So I really had to direct him in a way where I could get that because, you know, he's working with people he'd never met before. He's, he's really friendly on the set and like, hi, you know, just getting to know him. When you just get to know somebody, you don't want to act against them in a scene in right. a way where you're an asshole. Right. Even if it's in the script. So I really had to like dig into him and be like, dude, you're not you. You're not, you can't be as friendly. <laughs> <laughs> he's a little more so, rough around the edges. <laughs> I think in the end he he did a uh, he really did a, a damn good job in it. Oh, he killed it! He killed it, man. It, it, it was good, and it's 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 the collaboration um, between everybody. Um, Ithamar Francois as as uh, Winton was so fun to play with because, <laughs> and he surprised me because I initially laid his character out, um, and I should say that the connections a web series. It's like a a post superhero detective story um post superhero being like you know we we were low budget so it was kind of like if the x-men like never really fully developed their powers and you know they still had to pay rent and stuff <laughs> um it's just the real world but you know some people can have like minor abilities which is fun it, it's always fun to put some limitations on it and 
Ithamar's character was the luckiest man alive because he just he was just like oh yeah just you know if he played the lottery he would win he'd be like yeah okay you know it so he really surprised me by bringing that aloofness that carefreeness like i, I thought at some lines were going to be delivered with a little more severity right but just the way he came out it was just it was just right yeah you know he just he's like yeah well this is he's not gonna be concerned yeah What's he got to be concerned about? He knows in the end it's going to work out. So it's, it's going to work. Just yeah, go he's, with the flow. He's kind of like Zen in that way, which was fun. And uh, Alex Alessi was phenomenal as well um, in his role that really kind of takes off later in the series. So if you're going to check it out, check it out. Um, I've got it on my site, frovideo.com, and you can watch all six episodes if you are so inclined. The connection. Mike helped. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, um, Mike, my producer, he finds all the good stuff for us. I try. My goal, as you said, is is on par with yours, which is just to elevate everybody that we're working with. You know, my goal is to to get you guys to point and and for the things that we've worked on, it's all been low budget. I would like it to get into the eyes of somebody that has deep pockets and say, "Wow." They can do this with nothing. What can they do with with something? And, and you know, if we threw exactly. them some money and some resources, what what could they do? And and that's kind of my goal as a producer for the things that I've done for you is just to get you the resources that you need to get your your vision out there, and as polished as we can get it with what we have, and hope that it just kind of launches from there. Right. Yeah. Totally. And a funny story with with the connection. One of our scenes the diner we had talked to the owner and you're just like hey come on come come check this out real quick and we go upstairs they've got a second story and it was just this gorgeous gorgeous like it, how would you describe that room it's it was just an open canvas for the most part i mean it was a nice wooden floor had some pretty decent acoustics it didn't have a lot of windows to it it was just it worked really well for the vision that you had for the little thriller thing that you wanted to do. Yeah. There, there was a, there was like a barn door that just opened to nothing. You remember that? We were yeah. opening up. Oh man. It's like it was not like, down there. It was like the, the hayloft for, I mean, the building that we were in, I think is, you know, easily 150 years old. So I'm sure that that's what those doors were used for. Super, super cool. And so we asked the guy like, can, could we shoot something here sometime? He's like, well, it's getting turned into a yoga studio in like a week. We're like, oh, okay. So we had to quickly come up with just what we were going to shoot there. And I think we shoot we shot maybe like the last or second to last day possible. Yeah. Um, and in one day, we just kind of like took a whole bag of tricks and made a short horror film. Uh, that horror film now has over 7,100 views on YouTube. Nice. And is just... It's blowing my mind. So, like, <laughs> horror, horror is horror just has that reach. Yeah, that a lot of the other stuff we've done, like sci-fi drama, even the post-superhero <laughs> genre, you know, like horror just has that reach, which is why I think for my first feature, it's going to be a horror film. Right. So, with all that fun stuff that we've just had, we're going to get more fun with you. I'm going to ask you a handful of questions that you can either pass on or you can answer. 
it, it's just some really crazy kind of questions that I pull out of a deck of cards. Shoo, so, shoo, shoo. The first one, would you rather live in the world of Zelda or Minecraft? Oh, God. Zelda, I guess. Square boobies? That wouldn't work. <laughs> that well, wouldn't work at all. The question is, is, which Zelda are we talking about? Are we talking about the original Zelda from like uh, 1990-ish? Or are we talking about the, the new ones? Um, I My first Zelda game was Ocarina of Time for the N64. Because that was the first console that like... I actually saved up my allowance and, and bought that. You know, my parents weren't about to just Fork it buy, me, buy me something. So I had to save up my $4 a week. And eventually I had $150. And then the, the trick was for Christmas, well, everybody had to get me a game. <laughs> <laughs> Smart way to do it. I'm, I'm a little uh, advanced in age compared to you. So I, I had the NES and, and my first... Zelda was the first Zelda, you know, it was the point where I couldn't touch it because the old NES, if you hit it the wrong way, you would wipe all the progress that somebody had because there wasn't really any good save. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, my and, buddy and I used to play that all the time until I'm my aware. brother uh, beat the game. At first, I was not allowed to touch the NES when Zelda was in it, so I would have to go with the original Zelda just because nostalgia. Yep. Right. So, next question. Would you rather eat an entire jar of olives or sauerkraut in 15 minutes? What the fuck? <laughs> uh, I don't want to do either of those things, but <laughs> I, 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 I could do one or the other. Are we talking black olives or green olives? I would, I, I would leave it up to you because I'd have to have the green olives, the uh, Spanish olives with a little yeah, pimentos sure. in them. Yeah, for me or it might be olives. for me it might be the black olives. Let's let's go with black olives. I'd have to pass on a sauerkraut. Yeah. Uh, let's see. If there was a sandwich to be named after you, what would be on it? Probably some buffalo chicken, <laughs> a little spicy mayonnaise, some bacon. Um, be like a BLTT, BLT with turkey or chicken. I, I think I would take something similar. It would just switch the turkey for pork roll. Have to have there pork you go. On it. Okay. That's pork a breakfast roll. thing for me. Pork roll, cheese, maybe some lettuce and tomato. There you go. Mayo on a nice, nice bun. And I'm getting funny okay. looks. <laughs> <laughs> so, where can people find your art? Whether we talk about your painting or your, your videos and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I've got a website frovideo.com f-r-o video it's a play on pro video because that was like the cool buzzword at the time <laughs> um that is, you can see the stuff i do you know i do wedding videography i do um narrative film um i try to stay away from documentary because it's just so much work um but you know i, I done commercials um for some local businesses i've done book trailers for you know local artists um music videos i do all that stuff uh you can also find me at uh, youtube.com slash fro video and my channel is also fro video luckily enough um got a lot of my videos there and uh, that's also the home of my podcast indie depth which was 
uh, something I ran for a season. I hope to pick it up again later on this year when I have some time. And I just talk with uh, independent filmmakers and nobody you'd probably know, but they're for people starting out, you know, you can learn really from anybody and what better way to learn than people who are slightly above your skill level at times. Agreed. And we go up there. There are people that have films on Netflix. Like, you know, it's a good, it's a really good mix. Good. Well, I will make sure that I throw all those things up in the uh, show notes and I appreciate the time in the chat. All right. Oh, and you mentioned paintings. I'm on uh, artpal.com slash Froning, F-R-O-E-N-I-N-G. And I highly encourage anybody to go check out the paintings because his artwork is just spectacular. Envy of somebody Thank that you. envious of somebody that has the amount of skill and talent that you have. Oh, <laughs> uh, nah. <laughs> Stay like healthy, said, my friend. It's all it's all towards it's all going towards film. I, I actually just watched a movie. Um, it's from the sixties. It's a Japanese film called Woman in the Dunes. Right. And it, oh, my God. Gore, just real existential human drama. This guy, he's just he's walking on the beach looking for insects. He's like an insect collector. Right. And um, he's like, oh, man, I missed the bus. Do you have any place I could stay for tonight? And they, they let him down this rope ladder into like it's just like this this big just placed between two dunes and there's a house there. And then they pull the rope ladder up. (laughs) Bye. And he's just stuck there living with this woman and they just have to like constantly shovel sand out because the sand just slowly comes. It's a very like Sisyphusian kind of thing where it's just, they have to keep pushing the rock up the hill. They have to just keep, moving the sand so it does it's man it was really cool but they did have some shots that that were really beautiful and i watched the supplements and the director um hiroshi teshigahara um he was also a painter so a lot of like the nature shots were just just so so gorgeous and they they really pointed to some of those as uh really being derived from his painting experience. So, Interesting. Hey, why not? <laughs> like you said, it's all towards the, uh, to the goal of just creating art. That's right. Whichever medium that may be. So, um, again, thank you for your time and I will, uh, wish you good health. Thank you. You as well. Have Thanks for having me on. No problem. Thanks for listening to another episode of Adding Context. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or visit us at addingcontext.com. You can also support our show via Patreon. Send us feedback and show ideas to podcast at addingcontext.com.